it's somebody's birthday, but uh, we don't know who. And uh, welcome to the show. Um, <laughs> I'm Stacy. Uh, this is Jamie and John. Hey, what up? You guys are so weird right now. Yeah, we're weird. <laughs> you just started drawing happy birthday for no reason. It's somebody's birthday. Well, t- correct. If it's your birthday, holler at us. Yeah. Let us know. You're welcome. We're recording. Jamie's got some Sunday vibes so, from you. Sunday the 8th. <laughs> yeah, today's the I'm very nervous about this episode because it's just the three of us, which means that Stacy doesn't have to behave at all. There's not some <laughs> other person in here where he's got to kind of act right. So, buckle up, folks. <laughs> I didn't do nothing. I didn't do nothing. Anyway, uh, so current events. Current events. Let's hear them. All right. Uh, you had brought up the tornado in Nashville that happened earlier this week, yeah. and I tried to do some. Fucking up that hot chicken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so in West Tennessee, there was a tornado. I want. I, I can't remember. It happened Monday or Tuesday earlier this week, and. Um, so far, from the last reports that I could find online, it's a total of 25 dead confirmed and over several hundred injured. There was a F3 class hurricane with winds over 165 miles an hour. And from some of the, uh, I didn't get a whole lot of in-depth reading into it. Well, I mean, I never do. But <laughs> you heard it here, folks. <laughs> but uh, apparently the there's... There's apparently there's some issues going on with like the reporting, like the early warning system wasn't working properly. Mm. Did it hit? I think it hit like in the middle of the night too. Uh, it's or it. Because like, I woke up and just saw a bunch of shit about yeah. it. Like I don't know. I I follow a couple of people from there and just the videos and pictures that they were posting. It is. Yeah, it looks a lot better. Uh, yeah, it looks worse, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. That's that's the next topic. Don't worry. Y'all, y'all will figure out why she made that. Well, you didn't see the face. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Golly. But yeah, so also I was trying to find um, some numbers on exactly uh, how much damage that it caused. And there was a few separate posts about uh, it also hit some schools and some airports. I couldn't get a final number, but so far it's several hundreds of millions of dollars of damage within people's homes and just the complete infrastructure of the area. Like, it, it fucks some Yeah, shit yeah, up. just the few pictures and videos I've seen is, like, just completely destroyed for blocks. Yeah, because I thought it was just one that went through, and I saw a few things that said there was, like, two or three that possibly touched down. Because they come... Yeah. Come around together. Generally, they have friends. They do. Unlike us. Yeah. Well, <laughs> sure. But yeah, um, that's why we're here together on the weekends. <laughs> Literally, I hung out with them yesterday too. Right? <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so yeah. Um, I don't. I don't want to say thoughts and prayers because that shit's really. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't really know what else to say in a situation like that. But uh, we hope things get better for Hopes you. and best wishes. Yeah. Just um, said thoughts and prayers. <laughs> yeah. uh, ain't changed shit yet, but. I'm just waiting for uh, I don't know Willie Nelson or something to get on from TV and say. 
President Trump doesn't care about white people. <laughs> it's that's that's possible. That could be that could be coming. Uh, I doubt it. But um, so yeah, the next one is uh, a few people asked us to touch on the coronavirus again. Um, oh, is that a fan request? Well, that that was a separate message in oh, okay. the yeah. Whoa! <laughs> Listen to these officials discuss the coronavirus. <laughs> yes, continue, Doctor Stacy. <laughs> Inform the Yo, people. idiots is in the name. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, Be happy to discuss. Although Stacy is a licensed safety official. Technically, he's correct. Uh, I, I'm not licensed, though. I, I, I have certificates. Professional but... safety official. Something like that. Um, so by the CDC. <laughs> no, 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 no affiliation. Oh, that the CDC. Oh, <laughs> no, I understand no, now. No, no, no affiliation. No affiliation. But um, so to to throw exact numbers out there, uh, earlier this week, the. Uh, they sent they sent out a website link to a bunch of us that has uh, John Hopkins put out a website <laughs> that they keep track of all total numbers for um, uh, active cases, uh, those that have been total confirmed, uh, the deaths and the confirmed recovered cases, and so far there have been one hundred nine thousand five hundred and seventy five. Uh, confirmed cases or deaths? Confirmed cases. Okay. Yeah. Uh, total deaths right now is at 
Somebody did say something about that a little while ago, but so far there's been nothing confirmed. But then there was kind of a somewhat of a freak out here recently because they shut down a couple of the entrances to Memorial because somebody in Memorial has something that is extremely contagious. And like even they even shut down some of the entrances for the employees where they had to go like through the back and come up and yeah. Like I'm scared, but not scared. Like realistically, it's like you know, 474 people have probably died of the flu this year too. Oh, more know. than that. Yeah. So it's like okay. Um, there's also like that crazy thing going on with their like shelf clearing, like toilet paper, and um, I went to go get hand sanitizer for the office just because it's something that we just have. That's in the just office. regular white people pandemonia though. And there was no hand sanitizer at like several stores. Yeah, Johnson and Johnson is booming right now. Yeah, they're really getting it. I know. I mean, well, South by Southwest got canceled. That's insane. Yeah. Especially because we have stopover happening right, right now. now. <laughs> Y'all are stopping over on the way to go back home. Yeah. Um, but I mean, St. Patrick's Day is still going to rip. Like, it is? Yeah, it's still Yeah, there's still, I mean, nobody's going to not come. You think this, the, the hotels are be like, no, don't worry about it. We'll get your money back. <laughs> yeah, people are, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, they don't give a fuck. They're like, hey, you're coming to drink alcohol. It'll kill the corona. We uh, we had a at work. We had an artist that was coming to do a guest spot that uh, is no longer coming because they were concerned about the number of people that were going to be here and uh, the coronavirus. I was really scared. We're going on a the theater company's going on a big tour. We're leaving the state for the very first time, and someone was like, "Um, but what about the coronavirus? Are we still going to go on tour?" And I was like, "Yeah, because it's during St. Patrick's Day, so we are getting out." Of well, where a ton of people are coming in. I mean, for, for, like, I get some of the posts from other companies and stuff that we're in and other affiliations. The A lot of, like, the major, major companies in the United States have shut down all unnecessary air travel for all of their executives and are slowly starting to push it down the ladder. Where, like, hey, if you had a meeting or a conference, if you don't have to do it face-to-face, you could do a video conference or a phone call. You are no longer traveling internationally. You don't have to bounce around. Because, like, all, even all of our major hubs, just because you, if you fly out of Savannah to go somewhere, you still have to go to Hartsville-Jackson mm-hmm. in Atlanta or to Jacksonville. Both of those are international hubs that have people coming in and out of them all day. Mm-hmm. And they say with the coronavirus, that shit can actually live outside the body for a little while mm-hmm. and it's airborne so I mean it may be as simple as a common cold it may be easily fucking treatable and all this other shit but I still don't want to fucking catch nothing period for sure. um, I don't want to catch a cold I also read that it, mm-hmm. in order for them to do the test to see if you have it without insurance is $3,500 so if you don't have money for insurance you probably don't have $3,500 yeah, no and shit. they also won't give you the test unless you meet some criteria of like recent international travel or I don't know what the whole kit and caboodle was but it's making the tests like pretty inaccessible so that sucks <laughs> good fucking luck and then a lot like a lot of people are saying like we're not really worried about that shit but where does all of our shit come from right now you know mm-hmm. that that was a big thing that they were talking about um, the Chinese markets tanking because ain't nobody everybody stopped all their orders from Amazon and shit coming from China everybody's like hold on we'll wait a while 
Like, we're good. I also read the article about this woman who, in Chinatown, she ran a restaurant, not particularly, like, the most booming restaurant, but made a living and was doing 125, you know, covers a night, and now she says seven or eight dinners. So the economic effect, I think, is greater and affecting more people than the actual number of people who have the virus. Yeah. And also the. And uh, I mean, I can't stop eating Chinese food. He can't, like, can't stop, won't stop. I can't. Um, I had dumplings six times last week. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also just seeing videos of the way that Asian Americans are being treated and racially profiled, and watch some like old Asian guy get super like harassed on a subway. Like, I think that's, and this is something that Sweetie said. Sweetie, my sister, you know, where's Clara? Um, a conversation that she and I had. She's like, I think the racial issues are bigger than the fucking virus. Yeah. So. It's a factor I didn't even think about. Yeah. Well, we just think oh, about it. Think about it. Yeah. What were you saying before we started recording? Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, luckily, oh. luckily we were oh, recording. Oh my gosh. I, sweetie, I will send you a private text message to let you know what he said. <laughs> and yeah, um, if y'all want, I can, if anybody cares to keep up with the actual numbers that they report, I can put this directly in the Facebook group and they update it all the time. These most recent numbers that I just put out were updated today at 2.13 p.m. Man, I saw a video uh, just today and it was like they, somebody putting out a statement like, Please avoid touching your hands and face, and that's the number one way of how the virus spreads. And she fucking licks her finger to turn the fucking face. It was classic. (laughs) That was good. So the last one is uh, I. Well, yeah, we were talking about that last night. uh, Slightly, your your boy dropped out of the race. Who's my boy? Budicic. I have not liked Mayor Pete in forever, okay? I liked Mayor Pete when She's he... moving on. I have... Well, well I mean, I, just, I always knew well, Bernie me, was me, my man. Let me let me say this. When I texted you about it, he was your boy. But let's just say, because you haven't responded in so long. Okay, sure. Um, <laughs> I've not liked Mayor Pete in a long time. I liked him a lot when he first came out. Um, I feel like... Something about everything he was talking about was not theoretical. He went to war. He is civil rights are an issue for everything. Everything was not theoretical to him. And then I feel like he got to be friends with the wrong people and got caught up in the wrong crowd. So I haven't been into Mayor Pete, but yeah, he dropped. Um, Mike Bloomberg dropped. Thank, thank God. God. Sick of those commercials. Um, and then I think the bigger blow to most people is the fact that Elizabeth Warren dropped. So you weren't even you weren't that upset about Club Shark? Nah, no, no. Okay. Not at all. Um, I was, you know, it's sad to see what was at one time like a really diverse pool of people now come down to two old white guys. But one of them is my guy, so that's fine. Who I would have chosen over any of them. Um, but I think it leaves a lot of good people who are available for cabinet positions. Mm-hmm. Like, we need to find a job for Andrew Yang somewhere very soon. Because um, no one, not even Bernie, was talking about the things that he was talking about. Um, and he understands technology and how that's affecting our economy. And I just, I think he had great things to say, but... 
Um, yeah, the DNC and they're so shoving Biden the, uh, down our throat. And how are you feeling about the people that technically like really haven't even dropped out but are being totally ignored? Um, yeah, not fair, not right. I mean, people. Some there's going to only be one nominee. Correct. We know that. So at some point, everyone's going to be old news. Um, but the way that it happened so quickly around Super Tuesday um, felt very calculated, in my opinion. I was actually kind of, I learned something as well, because I was talking to someone else, and uh, somebody was posting about how Trump got, like, in California, Trump got, like, 1.8 million votes on Super Tuesday, and I was like, wait, what? The fuck does it, wait, I didn't know that even in a, uh, on a, on, on, during that process that, there was a Republican primary at the same time. I didn't even know that motherfuckers was running against him. I think it's like one dude. I think it was uh, on that ticket, it was like two or three people yeah. were running against him. I was like, what the fuck? What? I didn't even know that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, all the other stuff that's going on and everything else was like, I didn't know that there was even Republicans going to vote at that point in time as well. Yeah. But then on the flip side of that, when you said that people weren't really cared about Klobuchar, but was upset about Warren, why didn't people follow Klobuchar a little bit harder considering her, her overall resolve and past compared to Warren's? I think Warren is more of like a celebrity politician. She's uh, around. She's just a, a bigger name, more chance of being a front runner. I mean, was considered a front runner really early on. Mm-hmm. So I think it just has to do with, um, you know, who they, they're just two different people. And I think Elizabeth's more, like, famous. I mean, is that, like, a weird word to say in regards to politicians? No, I mean, mostly, yeah, a lot of politicians are famous mm, now. Like, so, yeah, that's what I think. So what do you think she's, because she, she hasn't backed anybody yet. Um, I think she, like, I don't know. I think that'll be interesting. Um, does she, like, go in line with what the party obviously wants? Or does she stick to who she has been for the recent past and back her boy Bernie? I don't know. We'll see. You heard it here. I'm next ten idiots. We'll see. <laughs> Political, <laughs> Political, you know. We've also got the coronavirus. We know. We got everything. We got it all around here. Experts on everything. Dumbing it down to our own level. Mm-hmm. We shall see. Holler at your boy for the third party candidate. <laughs> Please don't pull my piss. My ass. My history. I'm tired. <laughs> All right, so that's uh, unless anybody's got anything else for current events. I don't. No. Cool. So we asked. Love is blind is crazy on Netflix. If you haven't seen it, go. <laughs> oh, so there was something else on the last episode. You brought up Pete Davidson and asked me if I'd watch it. But so, did you want to talk about that, or was that still something you wanted? That to was just like personal. Or? Like, hey, did you watch okay. that? Okay, uh, so yeah, so we put out, or John John put out uh, some uh, user-submitted questions for listener. this episode. Uh, yeah, listener, I'm sorry. <laughs> I got a lot on my mind this weekend. <laughs> um, so, let's run through some of these and <clears throat> see what these we got. Are, these are the questions that the people want yeah. Yeah. 
Look at this first one. <laughs> yeah, when I saw that, I was like, man, y'all motherfuckers trying to get us in trouble. <laughs> All right, question number one. If you had to dispose of a corpse, how would you do it in detail? All right, so <laughs> if you know who Bricktop is, I'd just I'd use his route. Give us a little so something. I don't think that most people do. So go ahead and explain it. <laughs> so uh, there's one of my favorite movies on earth is Snatch, and Bricktop is a gangster that owns a pig farm for a specific reason. And he goes through a long spiel about exactly how you have to cut up a body, remove the hair and the teeth, and starve some uh, like six pigs for about 15 days. And then you just drop the corpse in there. And within 15 minutes, that corpse is gone. That's how you get rid of a body. Okay. Simple. And did you know, uber fact, that when you get cremated, your teeth explode like popcorn? I didn't, but thank you. Now you know. I thought you were going to give me a fact about Uber. No. <laughs> no, I don't give a fuck about that, dude. Um, I think for me, I, I kind of have some, like, don'ts. Like, don't make it really bloody, because that blood will tell a tale long after that body's gone. Depends on where you do it. I just don't want anything too bloody. I would say for me, not cutting it up because I don't want a lot of pieces laying around because someone might find a chunk somewhere and then piece the whole thing together. Um, golly, I do like the removing of the hair and the teeth just because that's a lot of forensic evidence just, just laying around. I don't want, you, you know, nothing laying around. I want to keep it as contained as possible. Maybe burn it without the hair and the teeth and then do something with the bones. Like an art project or something. Yeah. So, put it like have it hanging, hanging, yeah, yeah, have it hanging in a museum in plain sight with the bones or something. Oh shit! So do an art project. That so goes back to the the Dahlia, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. There's some allegations floating around there that the Black Dahlia was attached to the. Uh, God, what movement was that? I can't even think of it now. I know we went into Man Ray and. Yeah. Uh, the abstract artist. Surrealist. Surrealist. So, movement. maybe something like that. Not too bloody, though. Yeah. I'm gonna probably, uh, probably go, like, one of two routes. Um, acid, which yeah. is gonna take a long time. It's right? like a Breaking Bad yeah. type way. Then you, like, just dump that motherfucker in the river, right? Just fucking take the bones out and sink them. Uh, or either that or fucking throw it in a swamp out here. Mm -hmm. Fucking exposure will do a lot. Sure will. I think I would definitely dispose of it far away from where the crime happened. I'm assuming I'm committing the crime as well. Mm -hmm. Far away from where the crime happened and far away from where that person's like general area is. Mm -hmm. So if the murder happened here in town, I guess I would try to take the body far, far away and not throw it just in my backyard. Yeah. So distance, low blood, removing as much forensic as possible. So I have a secondary question to this. Do you already have that person in the back of your head so that when you commit this murder, that you be like, hey, don't ask no questions, just come over, I need your help, or are you doing this 100% alone so you have no co-defendants? If, I, um, I would say, you know, someone like 
my sweetie, my sister, would do anything for That's me. That's a long drive. That is, but the thing is, is that she'd fucking do it. Or maybe it's smarter to take the body there, far away from where. There's a lot of ravines and hiking trails. Oh my god, there's so much bullshit out there. Um, so I would definitely call my sister, in in a time of need for this, worse and less. I'm not gonna incriminate my. <laughs> <laughs> case the situation ever arises. I feel like singers would be Stacy. I really do, and I'm not just trying to make this a BFF podcast, but I really I can neither confirm feel like Singer knows that Stacy would have his back. I got a couple names in my phone. I know where to if I gotta do something. Your next door neighbor guy. I feel like I can call one. Okay. <laughs> I just need a hey, hey come over here real quick. Yeah. <laughs> You don't have distance I, in the way. I know who Stacy's calling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's like, yeah, yeah. I call him too. I call him too. I got a couple people. They're like, hey, man, you still in Florida? I'll be right there. Well, give it away, why don't you? Oh, dude, there's gators, pythons, everything's down there. It's Tom perfect. Tom. Perfect area. <laughs> Coronavirus. <laughs> Topical. Guilty. <laughs> All right, so. This other one, I got one here that I, I was thinking about earlier, and I really don't have one. And I figured maybe y'all could spark one and maybe it fucking bring a story to mind. R- random grandma stories. I don't know where that came from. Like, that was one of the craziest. I read that, and I was like, I don't have... And then I read the rest of it. It was like, like when you're out on the streets and run into a grandma, and they say blank. It's like I've never I, I've had weird you know you've been with me when like it never fails me and him can be out somewhere and at always random people just talk to me for no fucking reason yeah because you talk to people no mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah I agree with Jamie thank you <laughs> not like that so that was my buddy Matt uh, his other suggestion was about liver eating Johnson which I'm not sure what the fuck that was about. Matt. I don't know. <laughs> Sounds like we need Matt on the show. <laughs> yeah, 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 he lived in Iowa, so I don't know. We could do a conference be... call in. Yeah, yeah, we'll Skype him in sometime. Um, the only random grandma story I can think of um, would be the time that I cussed out an old lady uh, on a camping trip to Jenny Springs and... Uh, Duncan is really the best person to tell this story. He's been on the show before. And I don't know if the story's come up. Is this the same trip where he uh, pretended that he died? Uh, Very close. It might have been the same trip. It might have been like a month before. Okay. So we left here at probably 9 or 10 in the morning. And I think the ride's like two and a half, three hours. Um, and so for some reason we started drinking Four Locos in the parking lot here on this two and a half, three hour drive for breakfast basically Um, and so by the time we got down there around noon or one I was already completely blackout wasted Um, and so we go in and, and we're trying to get checked into our camping spot and luckily there were a few sober people you know the driver okay I was and uh, 
<laughs> I think there was one or two other sober people. I was just going hard for, for absolutely no reason, just as as you are for the course of my youth. Um, and yeah, I, I guess I was just being loud for no reason and uh, swearing and, and people were looking at me. Of course, I didn't notice that. But um, Duncan goes, hey, man, you know, why don't you take it down a notch? Just take it easy. There's an, there's an old lady right there. Because there's, like, families running around and stuff. And, uh, you know, it's, like, 1.30 in the afternoon mm. on a Saturday. And I was like, man, fuck that old lady! <laughs> Screaming it inside the store as we're trying to sign up to get a parking... Or to get a campsite. <laughs> Perfect person so, they were next to their kids. Duncan escorted me outside, and uh, we remained there until the rest of them secured the gaming spot. And then uh, I promptly set up my tent and uh, walked over to it, fell, and the top of it got caught on my head, and I fell the rest of the way in, and the tent popped half you know, over me, and I passed out halfway in and halfway out of my tent at like two o'clock in the afternoon. What a camper! Yeah. Expert camper. Okay. Um, I don't know if she was a grandma, but she was old enough to be. Um, I used to work at this big fancy theater in Virginia, and Wesley was actually there. It was his summer at the theater, and if you work more than like seven hours in a row without a break without a one hour break because that sometimes has to happen they give you a voucher to the cafe across the street where you can get free food so I uh, we probably had like a two show day where we didn't get a break in between um, so we got these vouchers we ran across the street and we had like 30 minutes to eat for the first time all day so we were just living it up and having a good time and laughing and eating our sandwiches and this is the cafe of the theater um so most of the people that are eating at this cafe are probably coming to see a show later that day where they just saw a show and are going to get some dessert or whatever and we had been you know locked in the dark doing a play and you have to like be quiet so like you get out of there and you're just like I'm like just you just want to have a good time laugh with your friends you couldn't talk for the past five hours or whatever it was so I'm throwing my stuff away and this old woman at her table with three other old ladies she pulls onto my jacket and she says just so you know you have a very loud and annoying laugh and I said thank you and then we just left but it felt pretty random yeah yeah, that, that's shame on you for enjoying yourself. I, that's what I was like. <laughs> I, like, what the fuck? You know, I was laughing. It's not like I was crying or like making fun of someone. Like, I was having a good time out to lunch with my friend. And you're about to go enjoy a show, and I'm going to be doing the work for it. So, shut the fuck up. But I was also like at work, so I couldn't say shut the fuck up. So I just said thank you. <laughs> Yeah, I don't have any. I don't have any grandma stories like from random grandmas on the street. <laughs> yeah, I don't have. Yeah, I've left it open. What about your grandma? She's a bitch. Yeah, I know. That's how I was hoping to explore some of those stories. Yeah, she's a bitch. My grandma is definitely one of those that goes to church almost every day and will come home and get on the phone and talk shit about what what people were wearing at the church. Every she's, day. She's one of those almost every day. 
She's one of those. She was. She worked at. Uh, she was a teacher for like almost her entire life. School uh. principal, lived up in New York, did all that, and she was one of those that like she would make. Uh, she would come home and make bowl peanuts and put them in the bag and take them to school. It's like, I'm going to get these out of treats when the kids behave. Ew. So nobody want that shit. <laughs> That's why they don't behave in your class. Nobody want that shit. Fucking bowl peanuts. No, you make a bowl peanuts for you. You don't give a fuck about them kids. That's gross. She's just an ornery old lady. She's, she's yeah, she's, she's, she's going to, to church every day trying to sneak her way into heaven. Like in case there's a rapture, she just want to make sure yeah. that she was yeah. at the church. Yeah, yeah. She'll cuss at the deacon and do all that other shit, but she'll show up every day. Bitch. Had a, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Had a car for ten years and it's got six thousand miles on it because all she do is go to the store and church. It's gonna be good for resale value though. It's a Volkswagen. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that's it on grandma stories. Um, so let's do this backwards. Uh, things you fear in life. Let's go for the fear first. Jamie. Um, like everything. Um, I'm scared of boys. Um, I. I think scared of just like that like everyone hates me. <laughs> um, I don't know, it's everything. Being by myself, like dying alone in my room. Um get you a cat. No, they'll eat my She doesn't body. like pets. Um Yeah. Everything, but at the same time like fucking nothing, I don't care. Just take me. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> you want to expand on that, or are you good? I mean, no, nah, you go. You give us all your fucking yeah. de- in depth. Yeah, uh, so children that always mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know we talked about like I don't fuck with uh, like I I don't fuck with spiders at all. Like the little ones, they don't bother me. But like if I'm walking somewhere, yeah, I don't fuck with like spiders. Them shits. If I. The, the certain ones I'd be like oh yeah that one's fine a little but, Ron Weasley over here <laughs> yeah I don't fuck with spiders bro I, yeah that shit got to die or I got to leave I don't fuck with spiders snakes don't bother me lizards all that other shit I don't fuck with spiders it's just weird and I've had to work like cause certain animals are drawn to um electricity yeah electromagnetism so like when we're working in these fucking uh power plants and shit if you go down underneath and you go up under uh, when you're walking down and like there's all the cabling and shit and you shine a flashlight it's just fucking full of spider webs and it's like fucking nothing but black widows and I'm like hey bro fuck that there's like no man they're cool and I'm like no they're not they're not fucking cool I'm good I'll be up here I'm like man get your big ass nope not happening nope I, I can understand if there was like one but like it's an army. I'm cool. I don't fuck with them. Mm. You got a flamethrower? Let's do it. I'm good. For the At work at the nuclear power plant, you want the flamethrower. Fuck your house. You don't need power. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't fucking with it, bro. I ain't fucking with it. I don't fuck with spiders. How often do people get bit by black widows? I mean, as a safety guy, you have to know, right? I mean, no. you can get, like, they're pretty, they're pretty timid. Like, as long as you ain't fucking with them... 
then they ain't fucking with you. But when we have to go down there, you literally have to go down there and like fuck with wires, pull new yeah. wires in. So you're literally fucking with a house. Like you're yeah, causing that's what I'm vibrations. Saying. So how often do people actually get bit? Not a whole, not very often because nine times out of ten they run into each other and then they start fighting and killing each other instead of you. But I ain't I ain't finna be the one. I'm good. I'm good. I don't fuck with that. And then we was talking about the uh, the public speaking thing yesterday, and I don't really think I have a like a phobia of public speaking, because like when like we do this shit, I do other conferences and stuff like that where I'm talking to people, and when other people are engaged, I don't I don't have a problem doing it. I I think more my biggest thing is I just have a fear of wasting my time, and I hate I hate it I hate feeling like what I'm doing is pointless. I hear that. Mm-hmm. What? Uh, her just... <laughs> no, I do. Yeah. Like, when it comes to, like, my work, like, when it comes to the plays, like, the fear of yesterday doing all that shit to get the play together and no one shows up. Yeah. That's something that I have to, like, deal with every single time we do everything, um, is that fear that you put it all in there and you've inspired these artists to, like go out on the line and do this work for pennies and then I fail on the marketing end and nobody fucking shows up. Yeah. Um, because we've done plays where there has not been one audience member to walk through the door and we're all just like standing out in the lobby in our costumes like hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. When was the last time that happened? Um, it was our first season The Turn of the Screw um, so like 2013, 12 or, thir- 12 or 13. But the fear of it happening again is still there. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. I mean, you, I know you have to feel that too. Like every time you write an article, like, is this, like uh, did the work I put into this, was it, you know? Mine's more, mine's less like, will people read this? Of, and more like does this do justice mm-hmm. to, you know, what the artist intended? Okay. Um, my, I, and that ropes into, like, my my big one. Um, besides, like, my, my phobias of, like, uh, heights and claustrophobia, um, which heights I kind of, it used to be worse, and then I had to do stuff, like, in the Army... And uh, then I worked at a yacht yard where I had to, like, climb masts and stuff. So that kind of got less. It's still fucking hard for me to do. I wouldn't do it for fun. But if I had to do it for a job, I would do it. And I would be terrified the whole time. But I would fucking do it just because that's my job. Can you, like, get on a ladder? Yeah, I'm not too bad with ladders. But anything over... Even, like like, a... what a 10 foot ladder getting towards the top of that is like iffy for me mm-hmm. like I mean I'll do it but I still feel fucking shaky as shit did you go on the genie lift at service brewery we were doing the lights no there. I've done I've done lifts and lifts aren't as bad like, yeah lifts are but you you have a, like a stable ground it's, yeah it's different yeah yeah, yeah um, ladders can be sketchy as fuck yeah yeah, no matter no matter the size of I mean, it, ladders can be sketchy as shit. If you don't have that ladder set perfectly, that motherfucker's gonna fall. Yeah, but then like my big like actual one that affects me more than anything is just like disappointing people. 
Mm. Just like, um, or not living up to whatever expectation that I have for myself or that it's, it's mostly not like me worrying about not living up to other people's expectations, whether that's my family or, or whoever. Um, and getting locked up, that's, that's a big one, you know, regardless of whether or not I'm in trouble, I'm always, uh, concerned about that. Yeah. Like that's because that's like the fucking worst thing for me. You control. Well, I have like ADHD, and like so, I like being able to do whatever I want to do when I want to do it, and that's like the complete opposite of that. You can't go outside. You can only do certain things during certain times. And like as much as I like to sit inside and read and watch TV and stuff, like I have to fucking go outside at some point. Like, I still feel that pull equally. Even though I like my inside activities, I feel when I don't go outside. Like, I, it's, a, it's a welcome reprieve. Like, lets my brain let go. So I'm usually so consumed with outside media, whether that be social media or a podcast that I'm listening to or whatever. And sometimes I'll, like, even listen to podcasts on my walks and stuff with the dog. And then I'm like, am I really getting, you know, what I need out of this? Or or whatever. Because you're con- still consuming some sort of outside stimuli. Mm-hmm. Other than what you set out to do. Yeah. And see, I'm the exact opposite on that. I always pretty much have, like, some kind of outside stimuli also and so I can focus yeah. Like if I have like nothing else, my fucking brain does not stop, and it, it's not a, it's not a nice place in there. <laughs> you think the shit I say? But that's like, but that's the argument is that like, well, if you don't take the time to fucking sit there and analyze your own shit, then you'll never be okay mm-hmm. with it. You know what I mean? Work through your own shit. Yeah, I'm guilty of it too. Is like there's always something going playing here, or like if somebody else pulls out their phone, they're like, oh, I need my phone so bad all of a sudden, even for nothing. So, yeah, constantly consuming, going outside, smoke a cigarette, okay, get a cherry coke on the way back, okay, let's smoke weed, okay, I'm watching TV, okay, I gotta look at my phone. Like, it's always something. Um, we skipped one. Why? Well, I was going to go through the fears and then go back to the okay, other one. Okay, great. I thought that would be good, too. Yeah. That's... <laughs> Do you want to introduce that one now? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so since we talked about fears, what makes you happiest? Don't all go for one time. <laughs> It's a riveting episode. <laughs> it's like, hey, let's talk about our personal stuff. All right, cool, let's do it. And then nobody wants to talk. Oh, my God, it was literally 0. .2 seconds <laughs> before saying something. Jesus. Are you okay? Obviously not Stacy. <laughs> Obviously. Um, this is going to sound like so corny, stupid. And this is like, of course, there's many things that make me happiest. But this one just sticks out from yesterday. Is when I... 
get to see people who would not traditionally be theater goers come and support the work that we do because of friendship and therefore now they are some of like the most theater goering people in town <laughs> because they come to everything that we do um so like looking up on the balcony yesterday and seeing like chris not a traditional theater goer has seen everything in town uh for the past couple of years both of you blake up there blake is not going to see any other plays in town but the friendship has led to coming to see the place, and now someone like Tim is our biggest fan and has seen everything we've done for years and years and years. So that makes me very happy to see like the people up in the balcony and then all the kids like who we're doing this for, but knowing that like they're into the play too. And also full houses make me very happy. Packed wall to wall. Wall to wall. So that's oh, that's a, that's another one of my phobias. Crowds. <laughs> <laughs> but that like that's that's the the flip side of your fear is like the emptiness, and now it's the opposite. It makes you happy that it packs all the way out mm-hmm. and shows that all your hard work was worth it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, getting to something like yesterday is my happiest place. One, the plays up. It is what it is here, folks. It I felt good about it. There were no like. Oh, wish I could have fixed that kind of moments it was packed non-traditional theater goers who have become every couple of weeks theater goers now um so yeah that and then and there's just I have no job at the play I just sit back at that point and just it, it it's alive without me <laughs> thanks uh, I guess mine's like Again, the same, just like seeing uh, your work be positively received. Just like hearing people telling me that they enjoyed the article that I wrote. Even though I never believe them uh, at all. <laughs> um, it's it, it hits a little bit. And then just like, yeah. People, yeah, just like praise for the work and stuff that you try and do. Even like when people are like, oh, dude, you're your drawings are getting better or whatever you know anything like that uh yeah all that case shit. <laughs> yeah i agree i agree as well because like like uh just the the overall i think what, it's the uh appreciation yeah when somebody comes back and, and says they, hard work yeah and like somebody noticing yeah somebody what, noticing that you actually put time and, and and can tell that you that you hey hey you're you're doing a good job i can see hey Here's maybe some constructive criticism here or there, but you're yeah. we can we can see that you're actually trying. You're you're yeah, making it shows that effort. you make a difference. Yeah, like, yeah, that does that does make me happy. And then just like on the flip side of what she said, just supporting my friends, going out and seeing them do doing their thing. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, like in the past year, like how many plays have you seen? Well, there's one I went to but didn't see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was an attempt. Yeah. yeah. That, see, that made me happy. Yeah. Look at him. He's near death. Yeah. He's throwing up outside of Stranger's Car, but he's still trying to come to the yeah. play. Non traditional theater goer to see Disney's Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. What a friend. My heart is full. <laughs> yeah. But I've come to see a few. I've come to see a few now. Yeah. And then next weekend, we're going to go see another one of our friends do his thing. Uh, oh yeah, Graham's doing a show next weekend. Mm-hmm. Word up. That's a Splint show, right? Mm-hmm. 
All right, so the next question is how you got where you are in life. How did you get where you are in your life? Wow. I don't know if that's like a. Damn, it might take us the rest of the fucking episode. <laughs> what do you. Wow. Um, it was a lovely spring day, May 2nd, 1984. Is that when your parents fucked? That's when. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what happened. My mom likes to tell the story that on May 2nd, she found me in a dumpster. So every year on my birthday, she calls me to tell me my birthday story. Oh, please tell this story. The birthday story is, is that she went to the corner store and she heard this crying outside. So she went to the back and then she saw... This fattest baby she ever saw in her whole life was crying and that it had like food all over its face and a dirty diaper. So she took the baby and took it home and cleaned it up and fed it and that's me. And so she got me a toaster. And that's my birthday story. Were you like uh, the way? Were you an inspiration for Tupac's Brenda's Got a Baby or something? What's going on? About the same time period. <laughs> so, I don't know why she does that. But that's not true. Because the <laughs> real story is that she went into labor, but my dad was still like a literally a teenager. So, he went to go play basketball with his friends while my mom was birthing me. And then after his game, came back, and he was now a dad. A teen dad. Hell yeah. So, I don't know which is worse. Teen dad or dumpster baby. <laughs> so that's how I got here. <laughs> One of those two ways. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, man. Every fucking episode. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Abbreviated version there. <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, I'm pretty and sure. then here today... My Honda CRV. <laughs> well, now I don't know what the fuck is. <laughs> feel, feel free to ask uh, me questions in between. I'm gonna say a lot of mistakes mm-hmm. <laughs> have been made, um, and not learned from. Just made again and again. Yeah, I can say that about you. Um. You know, until I finally, uh, I don't know, dug this hole. <laughs> and now, uh, you know, sometimes we move laterally. It's not often that we move upwards. <laughs> so I'm tunneling to China. No, that's where the <laughs> virus came from. Maybe by the time I get there, it won't be. So Cleared bad. up? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's possible. Uh, I made several, several downward slopes, uh, and then decided to get my shit together a few years ago, and while, when I decided to get my shit together, a few opportunities, the universe opened the doors for, and I said, to hell with it, and went through them bitches like the Kool-Aid man. And now he's the richest person I know. <laughs> Not no more. <laughs> Jesus Christ, they about to rape me. Shortly declining. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fucking yeah. two steps forward, 52 backwards. Jesus Christ. But yeah, that's, that's basically uh, a few years back, I was still doing uh, service work uh, for the same company I work for now. Um, and we got a new manager at the office. 
and he decided he wanted to put somebody in a safety role and put it out there for a few months and I had already been like, you know what, fuck it, I don't want to be doing the same thing for a while and was kind of in a dead-end position where I was, where it's like either do this or, you know, go back to, you know, basically where I was at. And uh, I threw my name in the hat and they offered me the job and I've just been ever since then slowly moving up and now I've moved up to a pretty good spot. And, you know, I don't talk about my job too much because I don't want a lot of affiliation because... I could get in trouble. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's where, that's how I got where I am now. Just uh, like me and John talked about it before. Sometimes, it, you know, you want something and the universe will show you or afford you an opportunity. It's just up to you to see it and take it when it's given to you and move forward with it. Take the best chances you got. And now I'm like a fucking idiot. I'm in college. Uh, but luckily, I won't be one of those people looking for Bernie to give me money. Damn. <laughs> well, luckily, I'm not. I don't have to uh, go that route. Luckily, not yet. Not yet. Yeah. I heard it's coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It may be coming. Maybe. Maybe coming very soon. Give me a burning please. <laughs> yeah. Maybe coming. Give me. <laughs> maybe coming soon if I don't get this other shit fixed. But yes. Fucking majorly. Um, but yeah, that's how I got to the point where I am in my life. Uh, just. You know, finding an opportunity and going for it, and and fucking like all these other assholes pay you to or did you pay to go see? Just apply yourself. Uh, so inspirational. Yeah, I mean, you just gotta fucking, just gotta do it. Do 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 do. So uh. <laughs> There was one question that was posted about life stories, and then there was like several questions that were all encompassing about life stories. So one popped up about uh, best summer of your adult life, and I'm going to have to say for mine was probably when like we were all still here, when like everybody was still here, and we were that best summer of my adult life would be the summer where. Or like where all of us kind of transitioned from four-wheelers to motorcycles at the same time. Okay. Where like we went from part of the summer where all of us were either at my house every single day going out in the woods partying all night on four-wheelers and bullshitting to all of us getting motorcycles and then riding every night on motorcycles partying and bullshitting and having those parties almost every fucking weekend at my house. I think that would probably be the best summer of my adult life with, you know, when, before all the boys PCS'd and fucking everybody moved. What's PCS? Transferred. Got military transferred oh. yeah. to a different duty station. Gotcha. Yeah. That was what? Five, six years ago? Something like that? Yeah, something. Yeah. We had a lot of fun that summer. A lot of parties. A lot of underground videos that float back and forth still. Oh, that sounds <laughs> No, like nothing creepy. pornographic. <laughs> nothing pornographic. Just like stuff that can't be posted anywhere else. Probably can Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're probably we're only fans or something. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so I saw. Do you follow people on OnlyFans? No, I was watching. Uh, Be honest. I don't. Honestly, I actually tried to get on it last night for the first time because I was listening to something. Some there was something about a McRib porn that came out. 
And like they were talking about it on a podcast and I tried to look it up, but it's on their OnlyFans and I didn't want to sign up. I was watching uh, I was watching your mom's house podcast yesterday and they brought up this lady that is out of New Orleans <laughs> and she is uh, 60s, 70s oh, yeah. uh, Caucasian lady who put out on her Twitter that she is looking for people to come in her area that are willing to come over and have sex with her on camera so then she can post it on her only OnlyFans and it was retweeted 40,000 times uh-huh. and uh, she her post was just straight up she was like if you if you have to put a bag over your face that's fine she's just looking for you know yeah looking for people to come over and fuck her on camera and so she could put it up on her OnlyFans and put a link up to her site and everything okay if you were able to wear a shirt so no one could see your tattoos a bag over your head, would you fuck the 70-year-old grandma for her only Singer would have to wear a bodysuit. He's <laughs> <laughs> got tattoos everywhere. I'll wear some footy pajamas. Footy pajamas, which <laughs> might get her a couple more likes. So footy pajamas. You'd have to go full furry dick out. <laughs> but you are fucking the old lady, and she pays you $25 for your time. $25? That's it? You get to bust a nut. What more do you want? Are travel expenses covered? Did Fine, orders? a $10 gift card to Shell. <laughs> and that was one of her big things because apparently like, she put this plea out before and she was like, you can't be, uh, I'm not setting up stuff for people to come out of town. Like, you have to be yeah. from the New Orleans area. Locals only. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> Local fans only. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. So I was just like, hey man, more power to you. Do your thing. I mean, I don't know. She's not the originator. Yeah. No, she's not Robert the originator. Paul Champagne's been asking for that shit for a minute. Yeah, he's just not. I don't, I don't know. Shout out to our only celebrity followers yeah. so far. RPC. I don't know if he uh, if he's like recording it, and putting it on his OnlyFans, but you know, maybe that's a new avenue that he can take as well, make some money off of it. I don't know. His Insta bio says that he's a pornographer, right? Like, I, I'd have to look again. I believe it does. But I, I don't, I, that's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. Well, uh, while you ponder on whether you would do it or not, let me see if I can pull her up. <laughs> I'll show a picture of her. My best summer of my adult life, um, it doesn't matter because he won't listen this far, I know, but it was the summer that Wesley got to the barter, summer 2011. And I just said, like, he was there, and Brian, my other best bud, was there, and we were doing Beauty and the Beast. It was just, it was the best of times. Everything was new, exciting, fun, at a place that had not been new, exciting, or very fun for a minute. So, yeah, he won't listen to this. He doesn't make it this far into it. (laughs) Wesley. Wesley, if you listen this far into it, send me a text message that just says 2011. If I don't get the text message, it means I know you have not listened to this far into the I mean, you don't even listen to the episode. Yeah, but I'm here. He's not. I already know what we're saying. So it doesn't matter. I can't think of a particular summer that was, you know, much better than the rest. I've done quite a bit of traveling. I was going to say, like, did you travel big this summer? Um, yeah, yeah. So this summer, you know, we took, me and uh, Charlie, my dog, took a road trip up the, uh, 
northeast coast. So that was cool. That was a, that was a good summer. You ate lobster too. Yeah, we did eat lobster more than once. Yeah, it was pretty fun. Um, kind of found some independence that I had been looking for because I normally don't go anywhere alone. Uh-huh. Um, and so I drove all the way up the coast and camped and just hung out with my dog. So that was cool. It was a good summer. Um, I wouldn't say it was like the funnest summer. Like it wasn't the most party filled or anything. Well, I mean, but... I think for me, the definition of fun changes. Yeah. So to me, a wild party doesn't actually like equal the same amount of fun that it did when I was 17. Yeah. Yeah. It's not fulfilling long term. So yeah, this was an uh, instrumental summer, I think, in my adulthood. This was specifically about our adult summers. So. Yeah. And that sounds very adult. Yeah. Lobster tail sounds adult. Okay. Fair enough. It was. I've been eating it for a while. Yeah. I don't know many teenagers that are out getting no. lobster tail. Yeah. So, are you. Uh, yeah, what are you. Stacey's looking at pornography. No, I was trying to find an image so a singer can decide whether he wants to fuck her or not. He will. I mean, I'd just do it for sport. And for the $25 and the $10 gas card. <laughs> yes. Fair. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> so uh, one of the other things in the life stories was, um, and I don't know if you if this would be incriminating or not, but uh, something about you throwing some smoke bombs in a house. Yeah, I mean, well, if we were gonna do the whole interview with an asshole thing that we talked about, a lot of the we had talked previously about doing an episode with Stacy that was called he gave it the title "Interview with an Asshole" about his life stories and stuff and a few of the questions that we got um in response to my quandary for them uh was you know they asking about particular stories from my life so i thought we and also i just happened to be at a party recently where uh somehow we started talking about a place that was similar to where I grew up, kind of like insulated uh, country atmosphere, where it's kind of inclusive, not that all inclusive. In Bready. Um, there were a lot of families living very close to each other. Okay. So, and I ended up telling these stories about where I grew up for like an hour and a half without realizing it and when I looked up everybody kind of had their jaw hanging so it kind of occurred to me that maybe not everyone had the same type of shit uh, that they you know coming up in their childhood so grew up in this area that was uh, literally on the other side of the railroad tracks in Iowa so it's a small town. It's a big town compared to the town surrounding. We have, you know, people travel to come to our Walmart to go shopping because, you know, they may just have like an old grocery store or something where they can't get everything that they need. And as the box stores go out and stuff, there's, and like small commerce, small business isn't exactly stable there anymore so rather than going to the furniture store 
that like the small family-owned furniture store that used to be there that's out of business now and so you have to come 45 minutes or an hour to a walmart or you know go to the mall and now sears has even gone out of the mall and stuff so it kind of leaves you with limited options um but we lived in a small offshoot district that was down among like the riverside plants and stuff because I grew up right alongside the Mississippi River and a lot of them build plants and factories along the river to use for cooling. Okay. We, my family originally started living there, uh, I guess I know as far back as my great grandfather and so all of my grandma's relatives like brothers and sisters she was one of six I think and four of her three of her other siblings lived within like a three block radius of us Um, and many of the other families were exactly the same way so it was a very insulated community Mm -hmm. where everybody kind of knew each other and like you know the old people living around had grown up together their kids had grown Mm -hmm. up together and so it just kept trickling on down and it was really like a village raising a child type situation um so this this question is about uh my cousin brennan and i from brennan's older brother uh boomer who lived (laughs) in the same what's his real name uh, his real first name is Nelson. Oh, okay. Nelson Boomer Brunson. So they're all named after. Uh, there's five boys. Oh my god, that sounds like a fucking nightmare. And they're all named after uh, sports figures. Oh. So Brennan is Brennan Elway Brunson. Um, Boomer is Nelson Boomer. Uh-huh. And then there's uh, Brady can't think of Brady's middle name and there's Peyton and then there's Dante and they all have sports related both first and middle names wow um so there weren't very many other kids my age most of the other kids were all my brother's age or younger Uh and so this was me my brother and his best friend who were the same age and Brennan who was a year younger than them and um we, just, we always had fireworks or whatever. Um, and at this point, the factories had bought out, were trying to buy out this neighborhood that we lived in, which they later did and built another plant on top of this whole neighborhood, you know, effectively moving all these people out. And it was like a lower, uh, lower working class neighborhood um, where all these people had had stayed right but they all had like unconventional still kind of river people jobs like a lot of them worked as like mechanics but there were like scrap people okay and there was a a tavern two doors away from my house that also functioned as a scrap yard classic combo the tavern also was half tavern and the other half was the owner's house okay so there was if you went behind through the door behind the bar you went into her dining room 
basically, which she ran the scrapyard out of. So it was an office. Entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, and so the factory, the company that owned the factory had started to buy up abandoned housing, and this house happened to be abandoned. Um, we used to just go in there all the time uh-huh. and fucking wreck it or see what we could find because uh, the people had been moved out of there pretty quickly. I think they were evicted. So they left a bunch of shit in there. We found porno mags and stuff like that. Fucking graffitied the inside of it, kicked holes in the inside of it. But eventually we had some smoke bombs that we lit and we threw inside the house. Just to fucking do. I don't know. Why not? We had bottle rockets, I think, too. And eventually the people working in the train yard, because the train yard was right there next to our property um who also worked for that factory called in to the cops because they knew they they had just bought in that property so it belonged to them now so eventually the four of us end up in front of the cops and i am quite a bit bigger than the rest of them so the cop starts trying to like he's like what what's why are you hanging out with these little kids? They were like two two years younger than me, but, but you because like I was so much tall. bigger, yeah. yeah, he thought that I was like sixteen or something. So he's like trying to make me out to be some kind of like I don't know menace that's uh-huh. corrupting these oh, kids. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and the company wanted to charge me with attempted arson, like which is a felony. So I was thirteen. But eventually they just, I guess, dropped all charges because we didn't hear anything else out of it. So that was a, my first run-in with the police. <clears throat> Actually, I was probably younger than that. I was probably 11, and they were like 9. So really not that big of an age difference. Yeah, yeah, not really at all. You but just looked different. Yes. Yeah. Um... But yeah, so there was a ton of weird shit that used to go on in that neighborhood. Um, I remember a story of when we first moved in, because my dad was from Philly and my mom was from Iowa. So all of her family lived right there in that little neighborhood. And um, in the alley, there was a guy beating the shit out of another guy with a fucking aluminum baseball bat, right? Welcome to the neighborhood. And my dad was like, yo, I can't fucking watch this happen. I'm about to go break this shit up. My mom was like, hell fucking no, you're staying your ass inside. So I guess they were watching it, and uh, my great aunt, so my grandma's sister, opens up the back door and starts yelling, Ace, if you don't leave that man alone, I'm going to call the goddamn police, blah, 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 blah. He goes, yes, ma'am, and fucking takes his shit and leaves. It was just that kind of place of, like, you know, that lady was just, like, his mom. You know what I mean? Now, if my dad would have went out there and tried to break that shit up, he would have gotten his shit kicked in, right? But because it was people from the neighborhood that had known him since he was a kid, he just completely dropped it. That dude later, uh, uh, when I was a teenager, went to prison because he fucking was driving down the street and saw this dude that owed him money at the liquor store just pulled up into the fucking parking lot and ran the dude over, pulled back out on the street and kept going. 
Whoa. <laughs> Didn't get the money back, but felt good about it. Yes, fuck it. Just thugging it. Yeah, so there was a lot of, like, weird outlaw people that lived down in this The river area. people. Yeah, really, really. It was kind of like swamp people, but, like, on the edge of the city. I'm just, like, imagining, like, um, that fantastic... What is it? Uh, the Beasts of the Southern Wild? Like, yeah. Those, like... Yeah, very much so. <laughs> oh, the Wild and Wonderful Whites of West Virginia. No, 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 but those two. A mix of those That's and the That's actually wild... how we got on the subject of that, of, of my childhood at that party. Somebody was talking about they were in rural West Virginia or somewhere, um, and they didn't know anybody from there. Like, they knew the one person that they went there with, but they went to a bar and nobody would speak to them. And they just thought that that was super weird. And I had to explain to them that, you know, when you are so isolated and, like, know everyone else so well, you're not going to go out to speak to the outside person. Especially because they have no... When you become insulated like that, the weird shit that you do becomes daily. Normal. Yeah. And that's where the sh- kind of the shock and shit that was on the other people's faces was coming out of. Because I hadn't realized until I started telling these stories and seeing people's reactions that, you know, it was that far outside of the norm. So, but there were, there was a murder that happened at that bar. They found... Uh, the tavern slash scrap metal slash living arrangements place? Yes. Yeah. So they found, there was a boat ramp down the street, because obviously it said we were river right there along the river, literally two blocks from my house, where we used to just go fishing during the day. We would just take our bikes right up there and go fishing on the river, like... You know, my parents wouldn't, whatever. And, uh, but I remember that one time they found a cut up body buried down there at the boat ramp in plastic bags. Not good. And, uh, every, apparently everybody in the neighborhood knew who it was, but it never got solved. But I guess how it started was somebody from outside of the neighborhood was mm. at the bar and got talking to the wrong person the wrong way and ended up with them being buried at the goddamn boat ramp it's plastic bags just for visiting town yeah the wrong you you really had to look you you would have had to have been real turned around and it literally looked like jeepers creepers it was not an inviting place no, I have a very nostalgic image of it. Like, sure. I think that's where a lot of my personality comes from, is, like, being in love with patina and, like, just general decay <laughs> and having a nostalgia for that, like, growing up, where they would bring it... They would literally burn tires. They would, co- they would burn the tires that they collected. Like, they would just have fucking... Tire fire. Yeah, like then that would be a party though. No, it wasn't a party. They, they do they like do that week. shit out here in fucking in Meldrum. They do like a no tire because fire party. The, yeah, but this was so many tires that like if it would have been a party, they would have gotten shut down. 
because they were fucking, you're not allowed to burn tires. No. They would bring in a car crusher. They didn't have their own car crusher, so it was like a big event that we would fucking go over and watch watch the fucking cars get crushed. (laughs) That sounds fun. Yeah. Uh, Monster truck's coming soon. (laughs) Did y'all just go? Yeah, those are half ass. He's got he's got it. At a, he's got the bug now. <laughs> I'm gonna go with the real one. Yeah, so that was garbage. Then this other question I have here is about uh, the teenage adventures of myself and a specific Des Moines trip. Um, so as I got older uh, and we got displaced out of that neighborhood. Um, and I got into middle and high school, I started to um, pick up a drug addiction, uh, which I think I've talked about on here before. You haven't mentioned. Thanks for sharing. Pills pills and alcohol uh, that I was doing a whole, whole lot of. And uh, the person who submitted this question um, didn't quite agree with my uh, pill and alcohol addiction. He was right there alongside me, but he was kind of looking out for me, I guess, in his dick-hearted nature and way. Um, And so my friend and I were about to go on a trip to Des Moines, which is like four hours away. And uh, we were in the car. I think we were picking up some some drugs. And um, he pulls out two pills and is like, here take these I just found them in my pocket or whatever like you know you'll be good and uh, fucked up for this whole ride and you won't have to do anything and so I popped them immediately just not even asking what they were and uh it turned out they were niacin he had given me fucking niacin like B12 like not is is niacin B12 I don't know it's like a B vitamin I think yeah but if you know anything about it and have ever taken it it fucking makes you red and itchy as Uh fuck just burns up your whole body Uh so as a uh, yeah I guess as a prank and and a lesson that he was trying to teach me he had fucking given me niacin so I think I just went home and grabbed some Benadryl quick but man that was not a fun ride yeah (laughs) I imagine, because even just, like, one yeah. can, like, freak somebody out. Yeah. it was, And it was two big, big ones. I think they were, like, 500 milligrams or something. I've only ever known people to really take it to, like, try to pass a drug test real quick. Yeah. And that's why they had it. But, yeah, definitely got me with that one. He probably turned so red, because you turned red just hanging out. Yeah. Just talking about it. <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> existing <laughs> you know it was a little peachy pink uh, so I don't know do you guys have any other questions about my the adventures of my youth I think that was the idea of the interview with an asshole wasn't it so what when you when when you when you moved after the the whole area being bought out and everything did you have to change schools um, like I think that was down. no. I think it was the transition between uh, elementary and middle school is when I moved. But I think that my brother stayed. 
um, at the same school anyways. Okay. Because, yeah, he, I think we, we stayed in the same schools. There, there was a, uh, like a limited selection of, of schools. There was two middle schools. There's only one high school and then there's an alternative high school for kids who are, uh, in trouble or had kids or whatever um so yeah there was one middle school on the south end and one middle school way up in the north end and it's just we we stayed in the south end we moved we moved like right between the two schools actually so we lived when when we did move we lived like two blocks two to three blocks from my middle school and then probably four to five blocks from my high school. So from there on, we walked to school, which I rode the bus my entire elementary school and started riding my bike when I got into middle school. So, because my friends were doing that. Yeah. It was like cool to meet up and everybody rode our bikes to school together. How many more run-ins did you have with the cops as as a minor? Um... Probably five to six. Um, I got pulled over a few times. <laughs> Sorry. Coronavirus. I think once I had some shit on me, but I didn't get like pulled over. I think I was speeding in the downtown area for some reason, and they got me. But I think I got off with a warning or whatever. Um, and then the other times were like when I was uh, drunk at school. And so I got in trouble for that. Then I got uh, picked up for being drunk, passed out in an alley. Like in the middle of winter. I had like, we ch- chugged this like handle of liquor. Um, and then we went to somebody's house, but we were being too loud and didn't want to get caught. So we like left there real quick and somehow I got split off from the group and fucking passed out in an alley in the snow and somebody like called it in. So, yeah, could have froze. Mm-hmm. Were you ever uh, arrested as a minor? Um, so I think that one I was over 18. I did get arrested for that. Um, and then like they when I got caught being drunk at school they like cuffed me but didn't actually take me to jail they just like wrote me up wrote me citations or whatever and then Mm -hmm. let me off to my parents guardianship I guess what were you like as a kid in school um so as a kid in school I was really uh I would say like during elementary school I was like super nerdy Um, I always got the highest grades and like not necessarily the highest grades but I was always like at the top of the class and I was we had these um, standardized tests so it's the ITBS which is the Iowa test of basic skills but I guess a ton of uh, schools across the nation like take our standard testing the ITBS and so I used to score like really high, like 96 to 98 percentile. Um, 
so I was really good at taking tests and really good at doing shit like that um, and my reading comprehension was like really high um, but then so I almost um, I actually went through testing to skip fourth grade mm. but I like missed it by like two or three math questions because math has always been like my bad subject I guess um, but and so we didn't do it and I didn't really want to anyways for like the social aspect because I had you know gone with these other kids for so long and like I don't think that I would have been um, emotionally mature enough to skip anyways um, and even if I did I don't know how that would have set me up anymore but then, like, as I got into middle school and shit, like, I don't know, I always felt bullied and, and all that kind of shit for, like, being a nerd. And so I kind of I went away from that and started, like, rebelling, not doing my homework, uh, fucking getting high, just doing anything that, like... So I went from being fully focused on school and trying to achieve to, like, definitely trying to be cool, trying to, like, not... Uh, get picked on as much and trying to like figure out what the fuck was going on and like coming from I've, I've realized as I've gotten older like uh, that my bullies were displacing the shit that they saw at home and I was just lucky enough to not have that shit going on at home you know what I mean so like I didn't have I couldn't understand why people were being so fucking you know irrational and like trying to fight and just making people's lives miserable and shit because that's what they were doing with at home yeah so you didn't know about that yeah because my household was like super chill you know like my dad is kind of strict but like as long as you know you're trying to do the right thing like you know they don't they don't really care they they're very supportive and like yeah they just want what's best for me and my brother so I didn't realize that other people weren't like that for a long time. Um, and so I kind of like started acting out just as a way to not be such a target, I guess. And just fucking kind of went downhill from there. Started doing drugs, not caring, um, fighting, getting into trouble, vandalizing, doing you know whatever just trying to like I don't know I didn't I don't know what I was doing <laughs> just like trying to fucking build up some street cred I don't I don't know I guess was that's what it was I was trying to like toughen myself up or give myself like a, a tougher image to make myself less of a target Yes. Questions? Um, I mean, not really. Not that I can think of. I feel like we've learned just so much. Um, I like that Niacin story very much. I was expecting it to go a very different way. Okay, so like, I got some other, I got some like, similar stories to the that. The last two quaaludes in the world and you take them or something. So one time we, um, we went and picked up some pills and um it was before we had a big uh 
what do you call it? Field trip the next day. And this was in high school. Um, but we were going to this trade show. And um, me and two or three of my other buddies went. And we were supposed to be picking up this, like, Xanax stuff. It was like a knockoff Xanax, like Alprozolam or uh, Klonopin or Clonazepam. It's all the same shit. So we pick a bunch of them up, and um, I was the only one that didn't have money. And nobody would fucking give me one, right? Everybody was fucking being stingy, keeping their shit for themselves. Well, we fucking went on this field trip the next day, and uh, only one of the guys that I had gone with the night before went on the same field trip. And so he's like fucking something happens where he's like falling out and shit and they end up calling the fucking ambulance and coming and getting them to pick up and uh I I wasn't super good friends with him like he was just kind of an acquaintance of an acquaintance and so I didn't think anything of it but then when I got back they were telling me that my best friend the same shit was happening to him well later it comes out that these pills weren't fucking Xanax they were some kind of fucking barbiturate or tranquilizer or whatever and basically sent them into um muscle convulsions where they were like cramping up and locking up and shit so i fucking narrowly missed out on that and i was begging i was begging them to give me a fucking pillar so another time me and that um same best friend we we were like the main providers of the pills we would find him I would steal him from my grandma or my parents or whatever and he would do the same and so um him and his dad weren't on greatest terms but his dad had like MS or fibromyalgia one or the other and so he would just get painkillers all the fucking time and I remember that um this was this was the guy that um I was going to Des Moines with and um, I remember his dad had called him and was like hey I'm sorry if I've been like being really irrational or being a dickhead or anything he was like I just went to the doctor and they were telling me that the morphine they gave me the wrong morphine prescription and instead of them being you know 10s or 30s they were 30s or 90s so effectively his morphines were triple what they thought they were and we had been fucking eating these bitches like goddamn candy for like weeks and couldn't figure out what the fuck was going on when we were fucking having withdrawals like we didn't think of it because you don't think of that shit back then but that's what was going on we were just on all kinds of shit all the time mixing Adderall hydrocodone uh, Xanax stuff, so clonazepam, clonopin, um, or the other ones, trazodone and um, tramadol, and fucking doing, you know, drinking on top of that. I remember one time I took a Seroquel thinking I had, like, because somebody's, uh, somebody knew somebody that had Seroquel and I was like thinking that I had done so many pills that I could like take a Seroquel and fucking outdo it no that shit puts you the fuck to sleep like I was just racked out on the couch for just like eight hours in the middle of the day 
which is not my MO. I can never <laughs> sleep during the day. Catch a little cat nap? Yeah, yeah. Just fucking put me down. But yeah, I would just do dumb shit like that for, for no fucking reason. So what, uh, what was your rock bottom? What made you decide to stop? Mm, I don't know that I hit it until after I stopped. Um, because I, I kind of like came to a head where like after I got in trouble at school, they basically made me graduate early. And so I wasn't ready like a forced like yeah yeah and so I didn't know what I was doing um and so then my dad was like well you gotta fucking figure something out and I knew I didn't want to work in a factory or whatever and so you were not a river person mm -hmm. and so I ended up signing up for the military and getting out of there and like I went to boot camp and all that shit and stayed sober through that but then when I got out we just started fucking drinking all the time and then you found out people then, in the military do pills too yeah yeah so then I when I got down here and got a little more um, and even in AIT I was doing pills and when I went home I would smoke weed and fucking come out and freak out about it for the next month and you know I was just still being reckless and then when I got stationed down here, I met some people, and I was still doing them. Um, and then the rock bottom, I got a DUI when I was 20. And uh, got in a bunch of trouble with the military, lost my license, got demoted, you know, on top of, like, my all my fines and shit. So that was, like, a rock bottom. That was a rock bottom, not my last one. Um, or, you know, that, that, but that was a heavy one. Like, the, the public intox and stuff, you know, that's, that's a less of a, of a big deal. But, like, feeling like I put people's lives in danger, you know what I mean? Or, like, I could have fucking been guilty of vehicular homicide because I was fucking blackout, you know what I mean? Got pulled over a couple blocks from my house and, yeah, it was really dumb. It was it was a dark place, and then I did. Uh, so from there, I ended up in a rehab program. They told me I was going there for like a weekend, basically, and I packed enough clothes for a weekend. And then when I got there, they told me I was staying there for a month. And you only so, had two outfits. <laughs> yeah, that shit. That was fucking. That was that was a hard fucking. Yeah, that was a hard time. Um, yeah. So that was like my first real rock bottom. How long has it been since you, since you took a pill? Um, man, two, I've taken since then. I want to say 2013. Um, feel like I took a Xanax. I feel like I took some Xanax. Actually, no, it was post that because I got, um, so like I took a Xanax in like 2013, um, and was drinking and stuff. 
when I say A Xanax, it could have been multiple, I don't remember. Um, and lost a bunch of my shit, all the shit that was in my pockets, which mm. if you do Xanax, you know that that's a fucking byproduct of that. Uh, and so I was like, man, this is fucking stupid, it wasn't even good, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then I did some in like 2007 or so. No. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Like 2017, 2016, probably. Mm. Um, but again, I was like, man, this is fucking stupid. I don't need to fucking play with this shit. And then even when I fucking put my knee out, you know, uh, last year or whatever, I didn't take anything because I didn't want to fucking go back towards that. So the few times that I have relapsed, I guess, I immediately realized that it wasn't, you know, where I wanted to be. And I think having somebody, because my friends from back home are all still involved in it or, you know, actively involved in trying to get out of it. And so I think that, you know, seeing that has enabled me to really want to stay away from it the most. Because that's, I don't want to be tied down, like, by, by anything. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's the worst thing for me, is, like, not being able to do what I want to do because exactly of my addiction. What, well, yeah. it's exactly what you said about your phobia, is, like, going to jail and not being able to do exactly what you want to do. Yeah. And disappointing people. Mm-hmm. Like, disappointing my family, because they've been nothing, you know, but good for me, so I want to fucking try and do what's good for them. And that's the that's the one thing I think that um, has enabled me to, like, get away from that shit, is, like, that I do have a strong family support system. And I can see how people who don't yeah. um, stay in that cycle, because they really don't have anybody to like be good for because they don't have first off they don't have any like role models or people to look up to that show them how to live like a, a happy sober life whatever right and then they don't have anybody encouraging them to do that because it's like oh what you you think you're better than me like you think you can fucking you know escape this shit you think you can be happier than me whatever and just upon financial support um, yeah yeah having someone in your family who struggles with this whether it's in and out of rehab or the big the big go away uh, of prison yeah it just takes a lot um so yeah without family support it's i can't imagine yeah, it's not, and it's an ongoing thing, you know what I mean? And then you feel like a burden, you know what I mean? You feel like a burden on your family. You're like, fuck, you know, what the fuck am I doing? They're holding it down. They're fucking doing all the right shit, and, like, they're having to come out of pocket for me, and, like, you know, I'm the biggest fucking worry. I'm the biggest fucking problem in their life. Like, they've fucking been responsible and held their shit together. So, like, why am I making their life harder on them? Yeah. I don't know. Hope you guys enjoyed this fucking internal darkness that never ends. <laughs> Staring down into the well of despair. Look back and there's the echo of nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. 
Yeah, uh, so thanks for listening to another episode. Uh, <laughs> Not as light and humorous as you thought um, we were going to do. We will probably. have, uh, we're working on a thing to have ongoing user submissions. Uh, we got to figure out, well, I have to figure out how the internet works. I'm still learning oh shit. Uh, we will have it set up, and we will also have it set up where the submissions will be 100% anonymous, so you guys can ask whatever questions you want to, and nobody knows who it comes from, unless you say something stupid, and then you will no longer be allowed in any bar in Savannah, because Singer has those kind of hookups. <laughs> I'm not banning anybody for their questions. You asked the most offensive shit I've ever heard. And uh, I fucking take you everywhere. Um, Jamie? Yes. You got a thought of the day for us? No. My thought of the day is enjoy the day. (laughs) Bye. Bye. (laughs)